Hello listeners and welcome to episode three of the Fantasy Fit Bar Pod. We are the podcast that takes a look at Scottish football through the lens of fantasy football. I am John and I'm joined with my good friend, Mr. Scobie. Scobie, how are you doing? Uh, felt better, John, I'll be perfectly honest. Don't want to, never want to get the pod off on a negative note. Um, it's not a negative at all, it's just... Um, Facts of the matter is, we should be honest with the listeners. We're both probably feeling a little bit, um, a little bit tender today after being away for the weekend. Um, so full disclosure, and, and and obviously being caught out at the same time by a by a blooming Tuesday fixture. So here we are, Monday night, um, reviewing a bit of the weekend's action. Yep, that's the plan. So as Scooby says, we had a bit of a big weekend, uh, so heads are still a bit sore today, so please do bear with us if um, if we are a bit slow, because my head feels like a tin of broken biscuits right now, I'll be honest. But anyway, without further ado, let's get going. So this is the point that I will remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at FitBarPod, and you can listen to us both on iTunes and Acast. Importantly, on iTunes, you can leave us reviews, just like our good friend saying cracking pod filling a gap in the market covering all things scottish fantasy fitbar including finer points of scoring system the app and picking out their next lowly owned diamond in the rough despite some questionable name pronunciations the hosts have a natural banter as in sync with faddy's left boot and worldies in paris well worth a listen tosh 51 thank you very much for that review um, so, since we last spoke, a um, few points on the app. Um, if you follow the Twitter account on the app, you will find out that they have updated the app that now includes transfer info, which includes points. So that's quite good to just make sure you're, you're on Twitter following to know when to update, because they do push these updates every few days, and it just has these new things going on. Yeah, it's good to see. I mean, even just now, if you're looking at transfers ahead of next, uh, the next game week ahead of tomorrow night, you can see um, a bit of the scoring info. I think as, you, as, it, as it starts to build out across the course of the season, you'll see some, some really good stuff. They've got all sorts of graphs and trackers and stuff that made my head hurt a bit today, but it looks good. Um, and, and, and yeah, you can start to see that Opta partnership coming to life, which is good. Absolutely. So that's great to see. Um, I suppose the the big talking point pre this game week since we in between our podcast was Aberdeen and the COVID eight. Um, so just for those that aren't familiar of who the, the named uh, Aberdeen players are, that is Johnny Hayes, Mikey Devlin, Scott McKenna, Matty Kennedy, Sam Cosgrove, Dylan McGeer, Craig Bryson, and Bruce Anderson have been named as the COVID eight. So they are out of action for what was already a game week in which Aberdeen and St. Johnson did not play, but they will also be out of action for the next two games, which right now, as we speak, are going ahead. Very interesting. But a big loss. And it already... I mean, the season could have quite have gone off to a, a worse start for Aberdeen, and now you've got to do without even more players for a couple of weeks. How does that, how does that set them in state? Yeah, I, I just thought, you know, even... You, the whole pandemic thing obviously makes us pretty appalling behaviour from these eight players, um, of which only two have tested positive, but the other six now have to go into self-isolation. You know, the fact that you, Aberdeen play Rangers, their biggest rivals in the league, and then they're all out in the piss, you know, that night, it just, it doesn't sit right with me. So, uh, 
pretty disappointing stuff all round. Doesn't look good on McInnes, I don't think, either. Is he losing a bit of control? Um, so I didn't think that was great. And then, yeah, now going forward, you know, you're missing eight players. It's only a 25-man squad, so you're literally missing just about a third of your squad going forward. Uh, but what it does mean is that some players will be pretty much guaranteed starting. So I've listed a few you might want to take a look at. But I, you have to do think this is an understrength Aberdeen team now. But, you know, McGinn, Lewis Ferguson, Ash Taylor and, and Hernandez will all be pretty much guaranteed starts now, I would have thought. So potential, you know, Hamilton at home, who have been poor um, so far this season, you, you don't know how it's going to react. Yeah, definitely. So maybe some, maybe some hidden value. Um... You know, in that Aberdeen squad, but if you, if you, and I'm sure a lot of people loaded loaded their side with two, perhaps even three Aberdeen players at the start of the season. I mean, you you maybe already transferred out a couple of them, and you're probably thinking about dumping the whole lot now. So it's um, it's probably made people it's forced people's hands a bit in terms of transfers. I'm sure, uh, and we'll just have to see how it pans out. But look, they, they, they're a good side. We know that. We know that from the past few seasons. You know they'll get back there. But yes, the pressure's certainly on. The only other thing just to think about there is then a couple of games weeks time. You know, they've already said the St Johnston game's going to go ahead this month, so Aberdeen will be part of a double game week. Um, That's so a very interesting point. Yeah, good one to know. Maybe don't dump them all as quickly as you think. Yeah. Welcome back, guys, to part two of this week's pod, where we review the weekend's action from a fantasy football perspective. Scobie, let's start with Hibs. What did you make of it? They beat uh, <laughs> Livingston 4-1, which was quite a big result there. It's a huge result, and, and look, they've started the season off just firing all cylinders. We said, we, had, we did say it last week, you know, look, they've got a good run, and I think... When you know you've got winnable games ahead of you and you start well, there's confidence there. They do not have Silicon Rangers on the near horizon. Um, and so, you know, they're playing like a team that's rejuvenated and that kind of looks like they've got a bit more identity under Ross again now. Um, interesting change of formation, I thought, this week. Uh, moved it to, to a 4-4-2. No place in the starting lineup. That meant for Scott Allen, who's one of my players. Um, so that caught me out, and I'm sure quite a few others. Um, but, look, I'm sure Scott Allen will, you know, will feature a lot again. It's just it's one of those things where they're rotating. Obviously, the two big, um, the two big standout players were were, were Horgan, um, who we can talk about a bit. Set up the first two goals, but obviously the big man, um, who's who's going to come up from the championship this year. So Kevin, this bit I was doing having a look where he came from. There was a really good article on BBC this week. Uh, they were saying, you know, bit bit of a championship reject, bouncing about the divisions earlier and on in his career, and then he's. He's hit the ground running at Dunfermline last season with 23 goals in 32 games for, for a championship side and probably gone slightly under the radar with the way that Shank the Tank stole all the headlines last year in the championship, you know, top goal scorer, getting his caps for Scotland. And Hibs have just quietly done a very, very, what, what looks like already a very, very clever piece of business, I think. Yeah, I mean, got rid of Gambieri, got a bit of money for him uh, and somebody who was, you know, trouble in his last season in their squad and they replaced him, you know, with somebody I'm sure they got for a lot... Uh, less money than they, they, they sold Cambieri for. And look at the start of the season. I mean, he's been fantastic, creating goals and scoring them. The hat trick, obviously, on um, 
on on Saturday there against Livingston puts him right at the top of the of the scorers in the whole app at 21 points at 5.2 million. He's still very good value there, um, you know, and I think he and Dodge remains the same as well. He obviously got himself a goal, which almost was actually, you know, Nisbet's fourth if you. If you watched it, it kind of just got, took a lucky deflection and um, still gets the assist for that, of course. But yeah, I think he's he's a very exciting uh, player to watch. And, and it's just interesting. It was all about Boyle. We were talking about Boyle in the last poll, um, pod. You've now, we're now talking about Nisbet. And I think Horgan's another one. You know, he looks like good value. Um, so yeah, right throughout the field. And then at the back, one for me to, to, to watch. Okay, you know, um, Dykes to spoil their day a little bit with his with his penalty, but I thought um, young Josh Doig, uh, who's come on, he, I mean, he um, is is an absolute steal at two point one million. It looks like he's going to get a lot of game time this year, uh, and looks a good player. Actually, was pretty promising going forward as well, and had quite a hand in one of the goals. So, look, Hibs look fantastic. Um, they really do, really exciting. And the second time as a as a Hibs fan. Yeah, I think that, and the reason that Doig is quite keenly priced at left back there is because Lewis Stevenson was expected at least to, you know, have more, more or less, even if not more game time than him. Um, but it looks like first two games, Doig's played really well. So yeah, definitely a bit of value in 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 getting him in your side. I totally agree with that. Absolutely, and then on the flip side, I think Livingston. Just to touch on them briefly. Look, it's a couple of losses start the season off. They were one uh, team that people did quite like. They were, they, they were impressive uh, last year. Um, we, I think people were quite excited about a few of their players. Um, Dykes, uh, probably more than anyone. Um, he got himself on the score sheet. Okay, it was a penalty, but, you know, he's penalty taker, so there's always value in having a penalty taker on your side. Um, yeah, maybe he can kick on. Um, they've got um, a couple of good um, fixtures coming up, um, which could be a chance for them to turn it around. But yeah, zero points after two games. Not the start they were hoping for. No, I totally agree. And, you know, Dykes, they've, I think Barnsley had a rumour to be a £1 million bid rejected in the week. Will they come back in, you know, at a higher price? And will it get Dykes' head turned? Um, just at the back as well, I think everyone was piling their team full of Livingston defenders and goalkeepers because last season they conceded just eight goals at home. Yeah. And uh, yeah. as we've just mentioned, that was Hibbs there at the Tony Macaroni, dining out on some macaroni pies with four goals um, at the weekend in one game. So, you know, maybe, maybe the value isn't there with Livingston, or it certainly doesn't seem that after the first couple of games. So is it, are you telling me that F.E. Ambrose may on, be, be on his way out of Farce Hat um, at the weekend? It was a strange one. I actually noticed that they're playing him uh, at left-back, a right-footed centre-back. They're playing him at left-back on Saturday, which just seemed a strange one. And obviously, um, he was struggling a little bit um, all afternoon. Yeah, I mean, Farce Hat, they, my team needs a lot of substitutions. And, and, and maybe it speaks volumes that F.E. Ambrose isn't the highest on the priority that I need to substitute <laughs> out. Hence why I am considering a wild card at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it was a better. It was a better week for you this week. It was a better week for you this week. It was a better week, mid forties. So you know. Yeah, you're crawling back up. slowly, as we say, it's a long season. It is. It is indeed. Um, I think moving on, um, a game I want to touch on just because you know I think their form is um, noteworthy. Um, Ross County, starting um, off with two wins on the bounce, a one 0 win over um, Hamilton, and I thought they looked good value for it. Um, Mackay scored. He was another player that you know a lot of people were probably slotting in their team. He, he, he's pretty prolific for them, um, and I think he, he, he definitely has good value there. Um, I forget his price. Can you remember what the price is of um, 
4.7. He actually dropped down in value in between the game week. It just shows you maybe people are a bit trigger happy on the substitutes. Like I know they, they had a, a fantastic result beating Motherwell 1-0 in the first game. And then just because Mackay scores means that, you know, everyone's transferred out of their team. It's like just if Penty are playing well and winning games and scoring goals, then, then Mackay will definitely be in amongst them. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I thought he was a threat um, afternoon. I mean, big, the big guy, uh, Ross Stewart, almost almost got himself another goal as well after he was started off with a goal, um, the one that won it for them uh, last week against Motherwell. So he looks like a you know a handy player as well. And actually, if you're looking at Ross County's fixtures going forward, like games that are winnable. You know, Kilmarnock yeah. at home, Kilmarnock have started well as well, don't get me wrong, but Kilmarnock at home uh, on Wednesday night, uh, and then Dundee United at home again, you know, new boys in the league. St Mirren away uh, and then Livingston away who you know if this form continues I think Ross County will genuinely fancy themselves for all four of those games do I think they'll win all of them? No but I think they're going to fancy themselves so there's some serious value to be found in Ross County and I think uh, that'll be the big the big value bandwagon that people will be um, jumping on Just to piss on your chips slightly County had a very good start to last season first two games and then went on about six game um, losing streak so just bear that in mind well John with my hangover I don't need anyone pissing on any chips so you can keep that kind of thought that kind of negativity yourself okay <laughs> um, moving uh, on through the games um, Rangers uh, got themselves another win started 2-2 two two, job done for them what did you make of that 3-0 victory yeah, well, from a fantasy football perspective, it's starting to look like Ta- uh, James Tavernier is potentially an essential buy in your team. Um, his set pieces are excellent. Rangers' clean sheets look like they are just going to add up and up and up. So that maybe is your best way to get um, exposure to that Rangers side is by getting a lot of defenders in, but also getting Tavin, Barisic also with some excellent uh, deliveries. Looks yeah. very, very good. Um, and then also thought it was interesting that uh, Morelos, who now may be having more chance of staying at the club, given that Lille are in all sorts of uh, bother with financial fair play, uh, popped up with a brace. Yeah, absolutely. Broke that scoring drought um, by getting a couple of goals. And yeah, he looks he looks very good. Um, I, I think I agree. I think it seems to be a, a common theme, doesn't it? A lot of people going with the old Barisic Tav um, double at the back, and quite a lot of people captaining Tav. I saw actually, or vice captaining him um, this weekend. So yeah, he does seem essential. He's almost the he's almost the Trent Alexander Arnold of the of the Scottish league at the moment. How high can his value go? We'll have to wait and see. Um, and then Molly, didn't he? You know that could have gone in, and then they've been absolutely more points. Absolutely. Uh, Dundee United got themselves the first win in their Premiership um, comeback. Um, I thought uh, the game was not great. I thought Motherwell, you know, the, the talking point there is probably, again, Motherwell, um, you know, were, were pretty poor. I think a lot of people had high hopes again for Motherwell this year, me included. I've got three of their players still in my team. Is that going to be the case tomorrow night? Um, probably not. Uh, Donnelly was also injured last minute, which I think would have caught a few people out. A new substitute, Paul with. Um And then Carson, who actually had a fantastic save off power, um, young American who absolutely rifled one to almost make it 2-0 for Dundee United. 
Um, he he obviously didn't get the clean sheet either. So, look, Motherwell are another team that are kind of down the bottom, down there with the Livingstons um, and Aberdeens of this world and, and, and a, in all a matter of trouble. But, look, a good win for Dundee United. Just uh, again, just to go back on Motherwell, just looking at their history under uh, under Stephen Robinson, the last three seasons, he's been, uh, been in charge for three seasons. Uh, it was his third season in charge. First two games of both previous seasons, Motherwell haven't won a game. Yeah. So they are used to starting slow. Used um, to starting slow. <laughs> um, maybe don't panic yet too much there. Well, I need to get, I need to get my head straight first and then figure out what I'm going to do for tomorrow night. I've got a few thoughts on that, but we'll come back to that later on in the pod. Um, final result, which was the final um, game of the... Um, of the weekend's fixtures was the uh, obviously the Celtic and Kilmarnock 1-1 draw. Um, early goal from Ryan Christie. It was a bit of a belter. Um, don't know if it moved a bit or something, but that was pretty far out. Slotting one in and you thought, well, the floodgates might open now, but fair play to Kilmarnock. Chris Burke. Uh, Danny Rogers and goals for Killy there. Um, was at Aberdeen last season. Failed to get in the first team. Yeah, I think you'll be disappointed with the Christie strike, if I'm honest. It's a really good hit, but... yeah. Should have, should have definitely got something on that. Um, but then Chris Burke scoring the penalty again. Talking about penalty takers, they've got value. They've always got value in Burke. Um, just looks like a man, you know, possessed at the moment, doesn't he? He's so full of, full of confidence. Like, Broken your body and put a bottom corner like that was excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe a bit worried for Celtic, um, just the defence-wise. Like, can they keep a clean sheet? I mean, Julian looked really poor against Kabamba. Um, as soon as you get a big physical strike on him, it just like seems to seems to fall over um, and looks really weak against them. And, and in and in the Scottish Premiership, you will come up against big physical strikers up top. You know, you think Lyndon Dykes as well, great example of that. Sam Cosgrove when he's out of his isolation as well, would mm-hmm. definitely be giving mm-hmm. uh, Celtics some issues at the back. And and you know, a lot of their defenders are quite highly priced. So you yeah. Know, Basically yeah, gambling on them getting an assist or a goal. Um, yeah. So it definitely seems like if you want Celtic exposure, you need to be going further up the park. Yeah, I agree. I've got Frimpong in. Um, and I thought he was great last week. He was like a Duracell buddy ping-ponging up and down the field. This week, not so much. Didn't see a huge amount out of him. He was obviously hooked off by Alamed, who you'd um, decided to include in your team, which was a potentially dubious shout. Um, but yeah, they just they just didn't seem like a you know the the side that we saw on that opening on that opening week. So uh, you know, clearly away is a difficult game though. Like you know, decent enough team there, and they won't be they won't be certainly won't be panic stations going around around Celtic Park after. A oh, I'm sure not. With uh, with Samirin on Wednesday night, and then uh, potentially a very weekend Aberdeen on Saturday. There's um, there's plenty of room for a bounce back there. Um, but yes, makes the old uh, ten row title chase. Um, somewhat more interesting early doors. Welcome back, guys. If you're still with us, uh, we're a bit slow today, so we do appreciate you continuing listening with us. But welcome back, and we are about to give you our three buys, three sells for the coming game week, game week three. Of the Scottish Premiership. Shall I go first this week, Scobie? This is, it would only be um, polite of me to let you go first, yes. Well, 
Most Larkins, they need to consider who it is I am buying and selling. Maybe you'll inspire me. No, crack on. Three buys are the, on, my, on my list. We've, we've touched on them already, but I think, you know, Ross County have had a really good start to the season. Um, and as we have said over the next four or five games, I've got some fixtures that you think um, they could do well out of. And so I've been looking at the defenders and there's some really good value to be had there. I mean, Connor Randall comes in at 2.2 million. He's got 14 points. And then Josh Reed's got, he comes in at 2.1 million and he's got 13 points. I'm definitely looking at one of those two. Um, and then my third person, player to buy today is Joe Newell of Hibs. Uh, really good player. And it takes a lot of set pieces for uh, Jack Ross's men. So you could potentially favour him as a slight differential over other Hibs midfielders, such as Scott Allen, who, as we mentioned, didn't start at the weekend. And he's still only 3.9 million. So by no means a premium midfielder. I think it's a very good shout. I think, you know, we were talking earlier about some of the Hibs players. I think, um, you know, the ones that get themselves on the score sheet look good. The Horgans and Nisbet's heart, we know are going to be popular. Um, I'll probably come on to Nisbet again later. Um, but, yeah, I think Newell's uh, a good one there. Could have some value definitely going forward, um, you know, for your season ahead. Very good. And who are you selling? Who's making way? Well, as, as I said on the previous pod, you could probably sell a number of Aberdeen players, but now if you've got any of those COVID-8, then I would be looking to get rid of them pretty sharpish because they will have the next two games definitely out. And then also you just have to wonder about the repercussions um, that they will face uh, from being a bunch of arseholes and going out to a pub after losing to Rangers. So whether they'll come straight back into the team or not. Uh, so I've got any of them. You take your pick there. Lawrence Shanklin didn't start the weekend. He's carrying an injury. Uh, I'm not sure how quickly he's going to come back. And at six million, I just do not think you can afford to be having um, a player of that value in your team that's not getting um, game time. And finally, I'm going to sell, sell, say, sell Lyndon Dykes uh, for oh. a number of reasons. He could be on his way if Barnsley come back with an increased bid. And Livingston look quite shite this season. Very interesting. Very concise. I like it a lot. Uh, okay. You want to hear my pearls of wisdom? If you could start with your three buys with as much wisdom as you can give us, then that would be lovely. Uh, with as much wisdom as I can muster. Um, for me, look, I, it's, um, it's, it's probably going to be... Well, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to flip around a little bit because I'm going to look at a bit more uh, focusing on my team. I'm going to say the three players that I'm going to sell. Um, I think my big man, who I had high hopes for at the start of the season, uh, Marigus Agumpo. Um, Sorry, you just say his name again there, please? Yeah, I said it once and that's all you get. <laughs> <laughs> he, at um, uh, 4.2 million, I thought was going to be, as I said, the diamond in the rough. It looks like he is firmly in the rough. I don't know what he's done. I don't know how unfit he's come back um, You know, after, after lockdown, but he, he, he just doesn't seem to be getting playing time. Um, so he's got to go. Um, so he's definitely somebody I'm selling. Um, Donnelly, with the way that Motherwell look at the moment, um, I 
think there's better value um, at the back, other people we can maybe go and find. So I'm going to get rid of Donnelly. He's obviously carrying that slight niggle, though it does seem he will be back for the next round of fixtures. Um, so, yeah, he is probably going to go as well. And then, you know, someone else I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about, not because his performances, um, you know, haven't been of a, of a, of a high standard, but um, Joe Arbo at Rangers, um, I thought was going to really be on for one. Um, I just don't know if, it, if, if, he's, if his fantasy ceiling is high enough. You know, I wonder if, um, you know, players around him like Haji and Kent, you know, are, and, and, you know, are definitely the, the kind of the bigger point scorers and morales if he stays there. So whilst and I thought he was fantastic and he put in a fantastic ball for that for that um for that first um the second Morales goal um you know the, the the pass before the final pass. Um I just I just don't know if at five million he's clogging up a bit of value that could be spent elsewhere. Yeah, I totally agree. I think he looks like a really tidy player, lots of really good touches, makes nice passes, but I just wonder fantasy football value um, you know, is he going to get goals and assists that justify that price tag? And I would, yeah, probably um, agree with you in thinking not and that there is better value to be had out there. Absolutely. So, look, on the, on the flip side of that, uh, who am I buying? Uh, well, Nisbet's definitely in uh, contention. I also, um, I really like Billy Mackay with that fixture list that's coming up. So, um, both of those players are definitely high on the watch list up top um, in terms um, of a few other players that I want to call out that I'm considering um, I do really like the look of Chris Burke 4.9 million and then the, the friend of mine that I told to get rid of Burke I had a great game week one will hate me for saying this but um, do you know what I think Burke might himself a little um, handy starts this season he already has with two goals he looks fired up and he, and he seems like a player that Kamarnik are going to build around and those will remember that Burke also set a world record last year in a cup game scoring uh, with a six assists so if he does any of those type of games again this season then we'll be having a party with him in our team um, and then final players. Well, I mean, uh, similar place to you. Uh, there's a few Ross County players, but a good start to the season again with that with that start. Um, you know, they're they're going to be they're going to be popular. I think Connor Andrew Wright, but also Josh Reed. Um, and I'm also going to go back. I know that they've got a um, difficult game next, but Samirin have got a couple of good fixtures following up. So I do think that Richard Tate is um, somebody that's worth looking at. Um, for for not for next week, but for future weeks, so down the line, uh, and again at two point seven million, really good value. So uh, I think the theme of the week for me is just maybe unlocking a bit of value elsewhere, maybe trying to bring in a, a couple more marquee players. Um, yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's just trying to make that transfer decision that is 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 looking those four or five weeks in advance, and not just taking it one game week at a time because you yeah. do like while some people are using the wild card, really you don't want to be using it at this early stage. You won't get another one until April. Things will change very quickly, and you could be really badly stuck uh, with a team. So it is making those subs and transfers that just do take into the next sort of five six weeks. Um, absolutely, absolutely, and I do think some men are good candidates for that with you know, with Hamilton away and Ross County at home in the next uh, two weekends. So, um, worth thinking about. Definitely. Well, that wraps up uh, three buys, three sells. Uh, I suppose all we're left to do is remind you that the game week deadline is 
on Tuesday at 5pm ahead of what, quite frankly, is a humdinger of an opening fixture of the game week. Dundee United against Hibs, couple of form teams in the league. Uh, both still relatively new to the Scottish Premiership. United's been promoted this season, Hibs only a couple of seasons ago. So still getting a feel of the league. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then one, um, one player that will not want to forget tomorrow night's deadline would be Asika Jordan of Indombele FC, who is currently topping the fantasy football uh, pod league rankings uh, he's picked last week's leader Kyle Atacan yeah no. uh, Latino Heat we'll call him um, by one point uh, he's on 127 so pretty tight at the top there thanks to everybody that joined this week with a real uptake I think we're up to about 45 people in the pod league so please do continue to join if you want to join now just send us a message brilliant anything else to talk about Scooby? Nothing. I'm quite ready for my bed. You're <laughs> ready for your bed. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for uh, sticking with us on this episode of the Fantasy Fitbar Pod. We promise we will be more together and with it later on this week when we provide another podcast on Wednesday or Thursday, looking back at the midweek action and looking ahead of another weekend of superb Scottish Premiership action. Thank you very much, everyone. We'll look forward to speaking to you again later in the week. Best of luck for Game Week 3.